welcome to Making the Lemonade with Abby Brown and Lottie Trick. Positive news podcast proving that when life gives you lemons, there's always an opportunity to make lemonade. Hello Abby, how are you doing? I'm very well, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Uh, have you had any hype off the back of uh, last week's guest episode? I have, and if I'm honest, thoroughly enjoyed listening to it back. Lots of people have said they enjoyed having a guest on, probably getting bored of our voices. Um, no, but a lot of people said, someone actually commented saying it was their favourite episode yet. So lots of good feedback actually from last week. And I think you'd agree, like very much enjoyed it. Very much enjoyed having someone on. I loved it. And so grateful for Sarah for giving up her time. She was fantastic and such a great interviewee, like so insightful just so interesting to listen to it was fantastic it really was like even I know her as a friend and I found out things that I didn't know already um Mm -hmm. so that was kind of cool and actually to hear more of it in a professional way I think it was quite um was quite good as well and just kind of actually what she did achieve was very historic so very cool um and how has your week been yeah, good. Currently in camp, in rugby camp. Um, we're here in Loughborough for a few days on Thursday. So yeah, just kind of doing a bit of rugby really. Nothing too, nothing too crazy, you know me. Um, watching Vigil, have you seen Vigil? Oh, you're so Vigilama. late. I haven't even watched it and I know you're late to oh, the right. game. I know. I was away though, so technically, kind of, you know. Okay, That's fine. why I'm late. Yeah, that's valid. And Squid Game, you watch Squid Game? No, what is that? Very good. I thought it was some little, I thought it was a computer game. No, it's... (laughs) No, very good. You seen Parasite? Yes, the film. The film. Okay, imagine that, plus Hunger Games, in episodes. And that's what it is. Kind of creepy, but very good. And I don't know about you, but my Instagram is full of memes about Squid Games. Right. Well, considering I thought it was a computer game, I haven't bit seen any. But, yeah. right, well, that's something to, to look out for. Yeah, it's um, add it to the list. And listeners, add it to your list if you haven't already, because it's very good. Very weird, but also kind of could be true, which is also why it's weird. Yeah. Gosh, and we've both seen the new James Bond. We shouldn't, we, we won't have. be giving any um, spoilers, of course. But we've no. both thoroughly enjoyed. Go and watch it if you haven't. Loved it. And you got any more corkers for me? Any? I've got no. Moments? I've got no tales of of okay. strife. Actually, I've got no no real qualms. Um, I bought some new winter boots. That's really oh, been there. Well, there you go. That's been the highlight, and I very boldly just wore them. Wore them only with tights. Just was very confident. Wow. I wasn't gonna get blisters, and it really worked. Worked a treat for me. So, well, there you go. I mean, it's still quite nice. Like weather, but I mean, it's really it's getting cold here. It is, yeah. Fair enough. It is jackets on, isn't it? It's jackets on. But I yeah, love autumn. Confidence. Yeah. I just love and the fast. coats, the layers, the tights, the boots. Yeah. And it's fair. it's it's not too cold that you can't be stylish with it. You're not like wrapped up. I don't care. I'm freezing. You can get it a bit quite creative. So I'm, yeah. I'm all about autumn. I do understand. I mean, I still run around in shorts and t-shirt at the moment. So. Mm. Slightly different. Day. 
<laughs> so my first story is about wild bees and insects and helping them grow in Germany. Wildflower meadows are being planted to help reverse declines in insects. In 2020, a study estimated that global bug populations are down 25% on land. Populations decline 9% every decade, meaning that a quarter of all insects have gone extinct. Have gone extinct. <laughs> I can't say that word. <laughs> have gone extinct in the last 30 years. The Guardian reported that Germany is home to about 580 species and more than half are endangered or on the verge of extinction. The main causes are climate change, pollution from chemicals, insecticides and other things such as a loss of diverse habitats, which is the main reason for the sharp decline in Germany. Bees serve vital ecosystem functions such as aerating soil, pollination and recycling of nutrients. Without bees, the list of popular foods we would lose without pollinators include apples and strawberries to avocados and, of course, my beloved coffee. Oh, with, this in mind, <laughs> with this in mind, Germany has undertaken a countrywide project to plant urban wildflower meadows. The Guardian planted more than 100 flowers and wild grasses throughout Germany's larger city in the last three years. Derek O'Doyle, an Irish citizen living in Berlin, was sceptical at first, saying it looked disorganised. However, he's recently changed his mind and said it's become an incredible attractive addition to our neighbourhood and he experienced the seasons in a whole new way. Oh, how fabulous. I just thought, as I look back on yours and Jessica's pod and remembered the bees, I thought, yeah, I want to talk about the bees as well. So I love that... Uh that someone described it as disorganised, that's fantastic. Yeah. But also, did you introduce the story by saying wild bees? I is did. there any other? There's not a domestic bee, is there? <laughs> oh, there is, a little bobby a little bumble. Bobby bee or whatever bumble. it was called. Betty. Bumblebee. Betty Bee was quite domesticated, yeah. wasn't she? I'm not really sure if that, is that a thing? Like, now I've said it, is it wild bees and domestic bees and... No, I, I don't think that they're domesticated, are they? Oh, and that, or no, I really be. all I can think about right now is being movie. All I can think <laughs> about. Oh, that is a great movie. Second time we've mentioned it on this. They podcast. must be. They will be wild. But then you've got the ones film. in the high. The ones in the um, the thing yeah, where you the put on their domestic. Are they domestic? That doesn't feel right. No, it doesn't feel right. <laughs> like there's <something>. trapped. <laughs> captured okay we'll do some research on that yeah something to look into if anyone else is interested we will look into the bees but great story very good yeah thank you Guardian has reported that a woman with severe depression has been successfully treated with an experimental brain implant in a stunning advance that offers hope to those with intractable mental illness. The device works by detecting patterns of brain activity linked to depression and automatically interacting them using tiny pulses of electrical stimulation delivered deep inside the brain. The 36-year-old patient Sarah said the therapy had returned her to a life worth living, allowing her to laugh spontaneously for the first time in five years. 
Although the therapy has been tested in only one patient and would only ever be suitable for those with severe illness, the success is seen as hugely significant. It is the first demonstration that the brain activity underlying the symptoms of mental illness can be reliably detected and reveals that these brain circuits can be nudged back into a healthy state, even in a patient who has been unwell for years. Catherine Skangos, an assistant professor of clinical psychiatry at the University of California, San Francisco, who led the work, has said, we haven't been able to do this kind of personalized therapy previously in psychiatry. This success in itself is an incredible advancement in our knowledge of the brain function that underlies mental illness. During the past two decades, deep brain stimulation has been used to treat tens of thousands of patients with Parkinson's disease and epilepsy. However, several trials for depression have ended in disappointment. A major challenge is that the brain does not appear to have a single depression area. Several interconnected areas can be in play and these can differ between different people. Sarah herself has said, when I first received stimulation, I felt the most intensely joyous sensation and my depression was a distant nightmare for a moment. It's the first time I had spontaneously laughed or smiled in five years. So the device does cost about $35,000 or £26,000 and is adapted version of one normally used, as I said earlier, to treat epilepsy. Um, but the team at the San, Fr San Francisco University has already enrolled two more patients and hopes to recruit a further nine to assess whether this technique can be more widely applied. Science is mad, isn't it? Like, some people are so smart. So as I'm sure you are aware, um, it being Black History Month, I um, thought it was very relevant that for this next story. So Wales are set to become the first UK nation to make teaching Black, Asian and minority ethnic history and experiences mandatory in school curriculum, mm -hmm. which I think is just fabulous. Um, and it's definitely paving the way for the rest of the UK. This new framework is due to be introduced from September 2022 and will include six areas of learning involving elements known as statements of what matters. The educator minister, Jeremy Miles, said it is vitally important that our education system equips our younger people to understand and respect their own and each other's histories, cultures and traditions. Today's announcement will help enrich the new curriculum and therefore teaching in Wales for years to come. It's a little short story for you, but Thank I just you. thought it was very valid and a very good story absolutely that's fantastic and i really 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 hope that england scotland and fall suit according to al jazeera switzerland has agreed to legalize marriage for same-sex couples by a nearly two-thirds majority in a referendum by making it one of the last countries in western europe to do so according to results provided by the swiss federal chancellery 64.1 percent of voters voted in favor for of same-sex marriage in sunday's nationwide referendum Jan Muller of the Yes Campaign Committee said, it is a historic day for Switzerland, a historic day when it comes to equality for same-sex couples, and it is also an important day for the whole LBGT community. 
Switzerland is the world's 30th country to adopt same-sex marriages and one of the last remaining Western Europe nations to do so. The Netherlands was the first in what year, Abigail? A little bit of a Q&A here. Oh, God, didn't realise it was a Q&A. Um, don't reckon that long ago. Maybe 2000? Oh, 2001! Oh, close. That's very surprising you don't get those things kind of things right very often. That's very good. Yeah, um, <laughs> Justice Minister Karen Keller Sutter said the first same-sex marriages should be able to take place from July 1st next year. Whoever loves each other and wants to get married will be able to do so, regardless of whether it is two men, two women, or a man and a woman. The state does not have to tell citizens how they should live their lives. Too right. Too bloody right. And also, quite surprising. I thought that that would have already been the case in Switzerland. What always gets me as well with things like this is, why wait another year or so to be put something into place? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, what? Unless there's, like, obviously a process, I understand that. But surely you're just changing the law, just, like, change it. Right. Why has it got to take, oh, July next year? Yeah. It always baffles me, that kind of thing. Yeah. votes especially in this country and some stuff has to go through the queen or house of lords da 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 ag yeah. so much ag but great there story there we go a win a win huge news last week for the world health organization as they endorsed the use of the world's first malaria vaccine in africa the WHO hope that this move could save tens of thousands of children's lives each year across Africa. Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, the general director of the WHO, said, I started my career as a malaria researcher and I longed for the day that we would have an effective vaccine against this ancient and terrible disease. And today is that day, an historic day. Today, the WHO is recommending the broad use of the world's first malaria vaccine. The vaccine, known as RTSS, has been administrated to more than 800,000 children in Ghana, Kenya and Malawi since the pilot programme began in 2019. The lengthy clinical trial has limited efficacy, preventing 39% of malaria cases and 29% of severe malaria cases among small children in Africa over four years of trials. However, in August, a study led by the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine found the reduction was 70% in hospitalisation or death. Thomas Burria, GSK's Chief Global Health Officer, said, GSK is proud that RTSS, our groundbreaking malaria vaccine, developed over decades by our teams and partners, can now be made available for children across sub-Saharan Africa. So all in all, a truly groundbreaking and historic moment, not only for the world of medicine, but the world. Um, and I think you'd agree that it's just amazing news to read along alongside hearing it. Absolutely, that's fantastic. People looking for work can now apply for six months free broadband to help them search for jobs. A national programme has been launched by the telecoms company Talk Talk and the Department of for Work and Pensions that aims to tackle digital exclusion and remove barriers to employment. 
With the pandemic having made it harder for some people to access training and support, the new voucher scheme will give job seekers across the UK free access to high quality broadband. Job seekers are being offered a no contract voucher for six months of Talk Talks Fibre 65 broadband, which normally costs £23 a month. I'm pretty sure that's what I've got. Usage is uncapped, meaning there are no data limits aside from the usual fair usage rules. Users will get Wi-Fi connectivity via a home router, though they are unable to add optional extras such as TV series and voice calls and not part of the package. At the end of the six months, customers, customers can choose to roll on to a contract with TalkTalk or cancel with no additional costs, provided all equipment is sent back via the prepaid return service. So that's it. Sand, how do you apply for that it? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> how do you apply for it? Yeah. Good one. Good question. Stay online. They don't need like <laughs> online. Yeah, and they don't have Wi-Fi yet. Valid. <laughs> Maybe, but people generally but, do have data. Like, how do you? People yeah, generally have. My my point. If I want to apply for a job, but like, how do you know? I like need it, or is it more just like uh, you need it if you need it kind of thing? Do you know what I mean? Oh, like is there criteria? I guess if you're unemployed, yeah, like do you have to show yeah. proof? These are all really good questions. Yeah, yeah. and you point out the answer to me. Questions um, I would say so, take great story <laughs> for work and pensions. They can answer these questions for you. <laughs> I'll ask them on the chat box. <laughs> Bernadine Everesto, an award-winning author, has joined forces with the owners of Canary Wharf in London to publish a series of short stories by up-and-coming notable black writers that will be available for free to thousands of people throughout Black History Month. Five black authors, Paul Mendes, Irenison Okaji, Nicola Williams, Judith Bryan and Cy Martin, will have their stories published in Canary Wharf's short story stations, which are basically like vending machines that dispense one, three or five minute stories. The Booker Prize winner selected five authors to raise their profiles as part of the Black Britain Writing Back campaign. The initiative will help give exciting black authors the platform to showcase their work as currently there is not a single black author represented in the top 50 best-selling books in the UK. Jesus. Live readings from the authors will take place later this month at Canary Wharf. The short story stations will also publish an extract from Everasto's new book, Manifesto, which is released this week. As they said, this is such an innovative opportunity at Canary Wharf to shine the spotlight on black authors I admire and are deserving of a wider readership. So Lottie, a bit of a task for you, I feel. Ooh. I think you could get down to Canary Wharf and see what books are going on and maybe, maybe get us one. But is it, when you're saying disperse the one to three minutes, is someone not saying it to you audibly? No, I think, my thought was like, it comes out of a vending machine. Right. Oh, you mean like more of like a jukebox thing? Mm. But then I yeah, thought no, that would be quite yeah. hard to do in a public space. I did have some yeah. questions about that, so maybe I will have to go down to find out. Yeah, I assumed... It was like an actual vending machine. Put your money in, your crisp comes out. Put your money in, <laughs> your one-minute story comes out. Maybe one I think you minute. should go down. 
Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's strange to just to to define it by time. Something's written down, yeah. you'd probably do it by words, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's very true. Well, I'll have to go. Very true. Yeah, you will. Report back. So, positive news reports that an ambitious project to plant 50 million trees in northern England has taken a step forward after the UK government pledged 15 million to the cause. According to the Woodland Trust, which is overseeing the project, that will be enough to plant 1 million trees over the coming year. 3 million have already been planted. It's all part of the Northern Forest Initiative, which I feel like I've talked about before. I've talked a lot about trees. Um, yeah. An ambitious plan to create a leafy corridor. Yeah, this leafy corridor is sounding familiar. <laughs> From Liverpool to Hull, taking in Manchester, Leeds and Sheffield. It launched three years ago to boost tree numbers in the area that has just 7.6% woodland cover compared to the national average of 13.2%. Simon Mangine, the Woodland Trust's programme director for the Northern Forest said, this new funding is massively significant. It will allow us to establish over 1 million new trees this winter and connect them to better wider landscape. These new trees have the power to transform people's lives through all the green space they bring in areas of traditionally low tree cover. They are also set to bring in a big boost of our fight against climate change and encourage nature recovery. Northern forests will cost an estimated 500 million over the 20, over 25 years, with most of the funding coming through charitable donations. Wow, that's great. People really do go out for good causes, don't they? I mean, we've got to get them trees in the ground. We got sure. Got to plant them. Got to. So yeah, I'm. Um, I'm actually. Would I like to visit the Northern Forest Initiative? Yes, yes, I would. I'm never really that way, but, well. but I would like to. <laughs> I would like <laughs> to, to take photos. That's what you would do. I would. I'd All right. Well, maybe we could schedule it in. Yeah. Go and visit. So that's it for this week thank you so much for listening as always the details of all the stories will be in the show notes yes thanks for listening again guys really hope you enjoyed this week's positive news hit and we'll catch you soon speak soon bye, bye.